0: You guys, I am so excited for you to listen to this episode. I had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with Holly Jo Hepler, the discipleship pastor at Grace City Church in Lakeland, Florida. And Holly Jo is just a wonderful human being. She is a mom. She is a believer in Jesus. She is all about community, building others up, really just helping people discover their true potential and purpose and building them up in that aspect. And I had such a great time talking to her and in this episode we talk about the church, church community, why it's important and even things like what you bring to church, whether it's good or bad, whether you've been hurt by the church or you're a new believer and just all the things. So I cannot wait for you to listen. Please let me know what you think on Instagram and yeah, let's get to it. You're listening to Theology Gals, a podcast for women to learn theology in a practical and applicable way. Come join the roundtable and discover all that God has for you. Here's your host, Jadi. Hi, Holly Joe. Thank you so much for being with me here today. <laughs> yes, thank you for having me. So for this episode, I really wanted to talk about the church and the community that surrounds the church. And I asked you here because I know you have a lot of insight on that. That's what you do. So just to get started, if you'll let our listeners know who you are, what you do, and um, why church is important to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, my name is Holly Joe Hepler, and I am the discipleship pastor at Grace City Church. Um, and what I kind of do at our church is I really just help people take the next step. So you have so many first time guests coming into church for the first time. They've some of them have never stepped foot in a local church ever. Um, and then some people grew up in church their whole life, but didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Those are two different things. Um, and so our job, my job as a team is to just to help people take that next step, get them plugged into growth track, which is our membership course, um, help them get cl- plugged into a small group, which we call City Groups at Grace City, um, and just really facilitate that spiritual formation process Um, and really why the church is so important to me is I didn't grow up in the church, so I had no concept of what like gathering together looked like. I didn't really understand what that was. Um, I gave my heart to God when I was, um, 16 years old and started serving in youth ministry. And I grew up in a family that didn't practice their faith, didn't really talk about God And so the church was the first place and the first group of people that showed me how to have a relationship with Jesus. Um, And I started to serve at a young age and I started to develop amazing habits in my life. Um, And as I developed those habits, like following God, doing a daily devotion, praying, worshiping, spending time with people... um, I started to see mind, sh- mind shifts happen in my own life. Like my mind, the way I thought about life, where I thought about my future, completely changed and transformed as I began to be a part of the local church. So church is so important to me because it's a part of my testimony. It's the place that I found my best friends. It's the place that I uh, found freedom and healing. Um, it's the place that I encountered Jesus for the first time. And so the church is, has a really special place in my heart.
0: That's really awesome you're so you're basically the front line for everybody who comes in not just those who attend Grace City as a member but also who are newcomers and whatnot I really love that um so what made you decide to actually work for a church and not just serve uh in addition to a different career
1: yeah so um you know growing up I had all these ideas of what I wanted to do with my my career, my vocation, where I got a paycheck. You know, it was everything from, I wanted to be an actress to a dentist, to a politician, to a teacher. I had all the things. Um, but when I was 19, I was at a conference in California and I was with my youth pastor and a bunch of leaders. And there was this altar moment, which just means at the end of a service, um, the, the pastor, the leader was, you know, kind of giving a call to action. And he said, You know, I want you to stand to your feet if you feel like you need to be a part of building the local church in a pastoral way. And I didn't even really understand what that meant. Like pastor, pastoral. I was just kind of like, what does that even mean? But my heart started beating out of my chest. And I I felt in that moment, I just felt like someone said to me, stand up. And I stood up and just started crying. And it was in that moment at 19 years old that I felt like God gave me a vision that I was going to be in ministry And I didn't know what that looked like. And at the time, my church was starting an internship. And so that was the first step for me was like, okay, well, I felt this call, this call to action. So I stood up and went home after that experience and told my parents, hey, I'm going to go do this internship at this church. (laughs) And they were like all right. We have no idea what that means. You know, they're (laughs) like, are you joining a cult? What are you doing? You know? And so I, um, became an intern. And so that kind of began the journey of making, um, just progressive movement forward to be on staff at a church. Um, and so I just had this moment, even from that, from 19 until currently, it's like where I think about my life and I think about what do I actually want to spend my days doing? and i just can't see myself doing anything other than building god's house helping people take their next step loving people where they're at um yeah and so i'm just i'm really grateful i know that's not everybody's story and everybody's Mm -hmm. opportunity i am really grateful that i have the opportunity to do that as a vocation
0: yeah that's really awesome so as that as your vocation and as you see people come into the church who are really just new whether it's for the very first time or new in a couple of years what are some of the stigmas that surround the church that you see people come in with or even are hesitant to actually step into the building with
1: yeah oh man so many stigmas uh the first thing that pops into my head is this this phrase that we use a lot it's called church hurt Mm -hmm. um i think that there unfortunately are people involved in the Christian world and the and the big C church, the global church, that may not steward their positions of leadership well. Um, because you have to remember, you know, on the if you're on the outside looking in, you know, it's easy to put people, quote, in ministry on pedestals, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, well, if they follow Jesus, if they follow God, then they must have all the godlike characteristics. And it's like No, we're working towards those characteristics, right? The fruits of the spirit. We're working to be like Jesus. But the reality is, is we're human. We're flesh. And we are all sinners in need of God's grace. Mm -hmm. And so, but in all all of that being said, there are still people in ministry that don't steward finance as well, Mm -hmm. that don't steward their marriage as well, that don't steward their positions of leadership and authority well. And so what you have is you have these new people that have no no understanding of what church life looks like. They come into the church. They, they have never encountered God or encountered Jesus, but they're encountering his people. And they get paired up with one bad apple, maybe mm-hmm. a leader that maybe is abusing authority or abusing yeah. power. And all of a sudden, there's a circumstance that causes that new believer mm-hmm. to feel so betrayed and hurt. And then all of a sudden, they're like, okay, that one isolated incident now, has reframed their brain to yeah. think that the global church is going to do that to them. And so I think that's a big stigma is that um, not everybody in ministry is God. That's not, yeah. that's not the reality. We're all full, fallen and broken people. So I always tell people that are new to the church world the church isn't this beautiful, spotless thing, mm-hmm. it's messy there is politics involved in church there are people who are just trying to do their best to lead in the church world but they're gonna make mistakes Mm -hmm. that is why um as the church as the body of christ as pastors and leaders in the church it's our job to help facilitate environments where people build their own relationship with jesus because if new people come into the church and they're only fixated on the pastor, well, that pastor eventually is going to make a mistake that's going to hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. But if we show people to Jesus and go, here is a perfect God who loves you, who's there for you, closer than a friend, um, who has all the answers to your life, that wants to walk with you through trauma and through life circumstances, if we can do that, then their circumstances could be shaky around them, Mm -hmm. but their foundation is rooted in Jesus not a pastor. And so I think that's a big stigma. I think another stigma is, um, is this idea that you go to church to receive, not to give. Like Mm. that's a really big stigma in our culture because we live in a consumer mindset, um, type of, you know, America, like it's, you, you go to places to get right. Like I'm going to go to get a pedicure Mm -hmm. and I'm going to receive a service. I'm going to go to Walmart and I'm going to go, I'm going to go receive a product. Mm -hmm. So everywhere we are going in life right now is you're going to receive. And the church is the one place where both things happen. However, there is, there is importance like you have to, you have to understand what it means to receive when you come to church and to give when you come to church. Yeah. So people walk into church and they go, that their first thought is, what can this church do for me? Hmm. And I always tell people, walk into church and say, how can I help serve this house? Yeah. How can I help serve this church? Um, I love what the Bible says. So that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Yeah. So what was so counterculture when Jesus steps on the scene of, of humanity mm-hmm. is that the people, his people, were looking for a Messiah that, were gonna, that was going to say, hey, you're going to serve me now. Mm-hmm. They're looking for this big priest, this king, and he came riding in on a donkey, you know, with, with rags <laughs> yeah. coming from a town that has no notoriety to it. And all of a sudden he's washing the feet of the disciples. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he's loving on tax, co- tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes. It's so scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> it's so he, So he came to give.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think the stigma that we have to really fight against constantly in the church world is we have to teach people that our role as Christians is to come and die. To come mm-hmm. and lay our life down for yeah. the church. And I don't mean that literally die. I mean just you die to yourself. You yeah. die to your flesh. You die to your pride. And so when you do that, um, the Bible says that those that refresh others, they themselves be are are refreshed. Yeah. And so that's been like my life motto my whole life is just to say like, man, I want to help people come to church and go, man, what can I give to this place?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In my brokenness, in my mess, in my insecurities, I still have something to contribute to this mission.
2: Yeah,
0: I think that's so good. And I think it really just says something that, you know, at, at a young age, I was fortunate enough to actually learn the lesson that when you are listening to somebody speak in just the the Christian world and the church environment, that you take what they say from like an Basically, put it through the filter of God, not necessarily that the filter through them. That way, if they do mess up, or rather, when they do mess up, you don't feel the hurt and you don't uh, as deeply, excuse me, and you don't really receive those words on a conditional level based off of their actions and I think that's really good too that as we transition from going and simply receiving to then be able to give we do the same because then once we transfer into that giving aspect and that serving aspect we can do the same with ourselves and really just entering the into the church in a way where you know okay even though I'm broken and even though I struggle through this and go through that I can still be here and serve and I still do have a role so I think that's really great um and once we really transition into to that what would you say uh is some advice for how we know that we're at the right church
1: Mm, that's a great question how do we know we're at the right church um you know it's hard to answer because spiritual formation in the process of becoming more like jesus which is kind of what how i define spiritual formation is like just becoming more like god it's something that's so hard to evaluate because it's so personal you know, it's it's a personal journey. Um, but I think a couple things that make me, um, you know, think through that question is, number one, um, are you becoming more like God? You know, when you talk about, you know, in Galatians, talk about the fruits of the spirit, joy, patience, gentleness, kindness, um, self-control, you know, are those practices... That you are growing in it doesn't mean you're perfect in them. I think that healthy church environments are going to foster those things, um, and help the people of that church become more spirit led, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah. I think you know my 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 answer is you know how do you know you're the at the right church? Are you becoming more like Jesus? Um, and and I also think that again I want to bring it back to this. I think it's so so important for us to remember that you know it's it's more about it's 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 less about going to the right church and just having a relationship with Jesus yeah you know and good. and and I'm all about you know absolutely, I give my life to Sundays, mm-hmm. right? like mm-hmm. I am a pastor, I am going to show up on Sundays, so I yeah. think no matter where you go on Sundays, find yourself in a local church. I don't yeah. care if that's Baptist, a Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. a Presbyterian church. I don't care where find yourself in a church to worship with other believers, but at the end of the day. Like I said earlier, churches are gonna are gonna fail us, but the, our relationship with Jesus will not. And so, it, it's more about I believe anybody can go to any church, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, and I, I think that there are churches that might operate on a more balanced scale when it comes to integrity and stewardship. Um, but I think it is more about your personal relationship with Jesus. Um yeah and so yeah I would say yeah are you becoming more like God um are you building relationships with other people I yeah. think that's huge you know it's, it goes back to the receiving and giving thing mm-hmm. you know I think it's one thing to come to church and just sit in a pew and listen and then leave right away yeah. but but are you going to a church and are you engaging in relationship are you getting to know the people there are you building friendship um I've met some of my best friends in the local church And it has been so fulfilling to do ministry with people.
0: Yeah, that's really so awesome. So one uh, more question that I just have for you is, what advice would you give to somebody who is having trouble inviting people to church? And like, how exactly would
1: we do that? Absolutely. Um, You know, I always encourage people to... um, You know, don't make it such a serious invite. You know, I think sometimes it's like we feel like it has to be like, okay, I go to this place. It's called the (laughs) church. We're going to lift our hands and worship Jesus. And and it kind of freaks people out. I think you see like, hey, I go to church on a Sunday. Do you want to sit by me? Do you want to go get breakfast beforehand? And then we'll go together. Um, I think just making it really simple. um, In addition to that, I think, you know, because I oversee the small groups of our church, I always tell people, people are more likely to come to maybe a small group at a coffee shop where Mm -hmm. there's five people than coming to a church of 500 people worshiping. Jesus you know and so I always tell people if you are a leader in the church and you have a context that's smaller that you can invite somebody who's never been to church before Mm -hmm. to that context first sometimes it helps alleviate the pressure of that person where they feel a little more comfortable to um actually go to a small group Mm -hmm. and then out of that relationship that's built hey well now I'm gonna go to church on a Sunday um in addition to that I think for me um, it always starts with relationship, mm-hmm. you know? And so if I meet somebody at Starbucks and she's my barista and I get to, I build a relationship with her, um, there's a better chance that she's going to trust me when I invite her somewhere mm-hmm. rather than just going up to st- random strangers being like, Hey, come to me, w- come to church with me. And people are like, I don't know you. Yeah. So I think it really helps if you develop a relationship with people and out of that consistency and that trust that you've built, invite them to church. Um, And I think it could be really simple and also don't be discouraged if somebody comes to church and they just hate it and they Mm -hmm. don't like it. it because in that moment, Maybe they're feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Maybe they're working through some things. If, if you think about it, like if you don't know God and you don't understand the concept of like the community of faith, it feels very intimidating. Yeah. And you feel like an outsider. And so that's why I think the relational aspect is so important to like build consistent relationship with people first um, and then invite them to church. I think all those things can help.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I think even if you're just part of a small group and not necessarily the leader and you say, hey, I don't really want to go by myself. Would you come with me to my small group? And I love the fact that there aren't just small groups that are, Diving into the word, there's fun ones there's hangout ones. you and I are in a girls' hangout group where yes, we talk about the Lord, but that's not the basis of it, so it feels a little less intimidating and it's a little easier to invite someone. so I think that's so good um and just a final question that I do have for you because this podcast is all about theology and the Lord.
1: How would you say that we see the nature of God in the church? Oh, I love this question, so you see in scripture that um that God tells us that the body of Christ has many parts
2: mm-hmm.
1: and kind of uses the analogy of a body. And it, you know, it talks about the hand and the head and the feet and the arms. And that really makes up the body of Christ. And what they're, what the writer's alluding to is that there are different functions of the church so you're going to have the creative functions of the church mm-hmm. you're going to have the more administrative functions of the church the the apostolic functions of the church the evangelistic you know functions of the church and what's beautiful is that god uses people to carry out those functions yeah. so meaning there are gifts within us to be used to carry out the mission of building god's house um and so what that tells me about the nature of god is that he's a God of different functions. Mm. You know, what we believe here at Grace City is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so um, sometimes people that are far from God or don't have a relationship with Jesus, they can look at God the Father and how they see God is based off of their earthly father's role in their life. And so... What's so powerful about being a part of the church is you realize that God is so big. Mm -hmm. He's so diverse. He doesn't wear one hat, He wears hundreds of Mm -hmm. hats. He's your friend, He's your provider, He's your healer, He's your redeemer, He's your soon-and-coming king. Mm -hmm. You know, and so um, just the way that us as believers, there's different functions in the church and different ministries and roles that you can play as you start to serve the church and be a part. Um, that same nature of God is displayed through our God, that he is a diverse God, that he is able to do things in your life in every sphere of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, as, as I'm a mom, you know, and so it's like, okay, God is my teacher on how to parent. Okay. God is my, God's my provider in my finances. Mm -hmm. When I'm sick, he's the healer to my physical body. When I'm lonely, he's my he's closer than a friend, Mm -hmm. you know? So he wears these beautiful, diverse hats and roles in our life. And so for me, um, whenever I'm a part of the body of Christ serving God's house, I'm reminded of how big our God is Mm -hmm. and how diverse he is.
0: That's so good. Well, Holly Joe, thank you so much for being with me today, for sharing your heart and your wisdom. It's been really amazing, and I can't wait for everybody to listen and just to really receive from this episode. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I hope you learned so much throughout our time together. It would mean the world to me if you were to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Even take a screenshot of the episode and share it on Instagram. Tag me at Theologigals, and let me know what you think. I want to know what you thought and what you want to listen to next. Until next time, this has been Theologicals.